0: Hello, hello, another day, rainy day here in Austin, Texas. Got a friend of mine came in. Alex, how was your flight?
1: Well, it was a little delayed. I'm running about two hours late right now.
0: Well, did you get a bite to eat?
1: Uh, yeah, I did. Oh, good, okay, then
0: we won't have to feed you. Save that money for, for the next guest. Okay. Okay, <laughs> Alex, Esther, I'm glad you came in. I appreciate you coming in and, and uh, taking your time. From your busy schedule to do this, um, I, I have Alex Hernandez, Alex, a musician extraordinaire. Este, he's uh, been around the block a few times. and uh,
1: Yeah, you know, I just realized that I, I turned 74 and I started playing since I was 14 years old, so. That gives me, what, 60 years in the music business?
0: Wow. Well, if you uh, might just get back just the just hair. Just uh, No,
1: no. I, I told you I needed the good mic. You, you got it.
0: <laughs> este, no, Alex, uh, <clears throat> you know, Alex Alex has been around the block, like I said, uh, a few times. Alex, tell us about yourself. You know, are you originally from San Antonio?
1: Yeah, I was born and raised in San Antonio, and... Uh, I graduated in nineteen sixty six from majorwood high school and and i graduated never forgot this, because i graduated like two years uh ahead of uh henry Cisneros at that time he was uh, uh president of the student council yeah, yeah he was <laughs> oh, all he that was. <laughs> yeah he was all that he lois pues he went on to be mayor of san antonio so uh we're kind of proud of that but uh Back in the day, uh, I guess when I was growing up, uh, the Tejano industry was just exploding at that time, and uh, I I started a little bit late. I started playing music, uh, or actually, I started playing sax in junior high, and so uh, I was already a, a year behind from everybody else, but uh, I, I, I picked it up for fairly quickly, and uh with I, after about two years in high school, then I started uh, getting calls from people. They said, "I want to join their band." And you know, I got. They asked me this the other day. The very first little band I played with was a band called Little Joe and the Harlems, and uh, Bones, the drummer, the Royal Justers. They said, "Hey, uh, you want to come try out?" I said, "Yeah, sure." And at that time, I was playing tenor sax, and they needed a uh, tenor sax, so we pay high, and come to find out it era Joe Bravo, little Joe in the Harlems. And <laughs> <laughs> nobody knew at that time who Joe was. They were, We were like a, a little garage band in, in San Antonio on the south side, on Stonewall, Stonewall Street. <clears throat> but anyway, that was my very first uh, experience to the uh, Tejano uh, music.
0: What was the first gig that you got paid?
1: Uh, the first one was, uh, I think it was with, with the Harlems. Yeah, we did a, actually we did a talent show and then they hired us for a little, like a sock. Sock, pop, up. sock up, Whatever they were called, yeah. But no, it's, uh, that's how it started for me and I, I was always very fortunate even to this day. Kay? I've always been around people that, that are good friends and they always kind of make a good recommendation and I kind of, you network that way and uh, it's always worked out for me very, very well. And I'm, I'm very fortunate that I have some very good, talented friends. Uh, a lot more talented than I am. And so, uh, uh, but um, that's way up there. <laughs> I, I appreciate, you know, having them around. Porque my, my very first gig that I was really proud of... I, out of high school was I was playing with the Royal Jesters. How long yeah. did you play with Jesters? Uh, uh, a little under eight years, ten years, and uh, the all, out, all before uh, high school through high school is the Tatuando and at that time, those guys really took off in San Antonio. They were uh, doing English music. They weren't doing Tejano, but. They were doing a lot of uh, gigs at the University of Texas, a, a lot of colleges, mainly. but no very little, very little Tejano. Most of it was uh, English, mm-hmm. and and they were very good at it. So uh, uh, I was fortunate that I played with them. And then uh, con tiempo, then they bought un uh, lugar que se llama Patio Andaluz, on uh, the west side of San Antonio, and... Uh, that place really, really took off. And, and we, they got so big that everybody was in there. Uh, uh, Sonny Ozuna, uh, Rudy T. and the Reno bobs All the biggies. The Commands. <laughs> and, and, yeah. There was a, a vocal group called the Commands. and uh, they, every,
0: they, they would perform there? Yeah.
1: Everybody was performing at Patuna Luz. And prior to that, everybody was going to La Villita. Uh, there was a lot of dances at La Villita and uh, downtown. But uh, with time, it really moved over to the west side of San Antonio. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Really, really, really strong area there for uh, dances. So, like I said, again, I was—I just happened to be at the right place at the right time mm-hmm. when I joined the jesters. Anyway, so I played with the Royal Jesters till I went in the service, and then uh, when I got back, when I got out of the service, uh, as to the Royal Jesters, I went back to them, and they, of course. Had this monster band con David Mares, Joe Posada. All the biggies mm-hmm. were with, the, with that generation. And, of course, they didn't need another horn because they had four horns. So uh, I started playing at this club uh, in San Antonio. It was King Arthur's Court. And uh, we were the, the house band. Bueno, una noche, llegaron the drifters. The drifters from back in the 50s or Down whatever. On Under the boardwalk.
2: Down by the sea. Andale.
1: Anyway, they came in one night, and, and they liked what we were doing. And we used to have this girl that used to sing just like Gladys Knight. I mean, she was fantastic. And she looked good, too. I mean, she for the, the, the appearance of the stage presence. And so those guys came in, and they made us an offer. They wanted us to hire the whole band. As their backup band for their shows, and we were shocked because I mean here we were just a local uh, club band, and they wanted to take us on the road. So the, we agreed to go with them. The, the whole band. The whole band, oh. and I think they mainly wanted the girl because she was so talented. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> we went on the road with them. We they they flew us to Miami, and uh, in Miami. No, actually, no. I take it back. The first time we went down there, we rented a rider truck. We colchas <laughs> y whatever in there, dormir. And so we took off to Miami, and we uh we met them there in Miami, and and never got this, que llegamos ahí and they have this beautiful bus with, that they travel in, and we were like, wow, whose bus is that? <laughs> and there was not el bus of drifters, and uh, those guys were really really uh yeah, yeah. they were big in the 50s so by the time we were with them in the in their late 60s or 70s yeah they were already pretty much a seasoned uh, group mm-hmm. they were playing in vegas we traveled in canada new york everywhere and those guys man they played some really nice uh, hotels and venues mm-hmm. really nice venues so I got a lot of experience out of that, they, and they
0: fed you well, right?
1: hombre, they uh, we were on, we had meals what's called meal tickets, and every week you'd get an allowance for your clothes because you had to, get, the tuxedos had to be clean all the time, and we had an allowance for meals, uh, allowance for your cleaning. So these guys were at the top of their game. They, yeah. they pagaban bien, and but you had to be professional. You had to dress. You had to. Have clean shoes all the time, polished shoes, and that—that that was a, a really good learning experience for me. As yeah. to how music should be, you know, mm-hmm. it should be for the audience, not for yourself. Now, how long did you do that with the Drifters?
0: Two, two years.
1: Two years. Two years, and then, uh, and then my my uh, my ex-wife had an, had a, an accident with my daughter in a car, so I had to come home. And uh, they, when I came home, I discovered they were very, very serious, very seriously hurt. So I decided to get off the road at that time because uh they were gonna need help. Of, yes. So I vine para la casa and uh and when I got back I started when when I started to play again after about a month, uh I started playing with Joe Bravo again. But yeah, he was kinda really established by that time. Yeah. He was uh ¿cómo se llama? El Playboy El Playboy La Patita <laughs> de Conejo and all this. Anyway, so one day I was on I was on my way to Galveston, con con Joe. and all the bands used to stop in Flatonia, Texas. Estaba have shell gas station and there's a German restaurant there, and they they sell a lot Flatonia. of Flatonia. Yeah, they sell a lot of German food in the bakery. They had this fantastic bakery. Anyway, so all the bands would stop there, gas up, because they didn't want to stop in Houston, <coughs> and so. We were guessing up y, and with Joe, and, and we were in this old little old Ford van that he had Joe, and <coughs> all of a sudden, the Latin breed drives up with these two new vans, and they had a big old instrument truck on roadies, okay. and y todos, they're all fresh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> they're brand new uh, vans. Right anyway, so... <laughs> Viene Charlie because de 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 Charlie and I had played with the, with the Royal Jesters, he said, "Charlie, hey, yeah, man, Rudy's gonna, he's gonna go into religion." And That's Rudy Guerra. Rudy Guerra, mm-hmm. the the owner or the band leader. He go and I want to stop playing alto. He go, we'd like to have you play alto, and I can go back to tenor. He said, "Man, I'd love to do that." He go, "Well, when can you start?" I said, "Well." When, whenever, let me get my suitcase out. of yeah. <laughs> let, let me tell let me tell Joe first. <clears throat> and anyway, so it's the the following week we rehearsed for two days, and then that first Friday, me otra vez because <clears throat> we went to play with the, my, my first gig with the Latin Breed. We played at the Hafines Pavilion in Houston, <clears throat> and it was a big festival. It also little Joe y la familia. And were, they,
0: were they the familia then or Latin? The years?
1: fantastic familia con yeah. Joe Gallardo and yeah. Hublo, Hublo and all these guys. uh yeah, Oblio, and, yeah. and the big band. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I never forgot this porque me susté when I, when I, anyway, tocamos nosotros primero and then they said, well, let's get out and get a good spot because you, you want to hear these guys play. So we, you know, ponimos right in front and, man, it was like an experience I've never had. When Joe's band got up there, they—I thought they were Carlos Santana or somebody because they were fantastic. Man, they had big uh, timbales, they had congas, they had the drummer, and then the amazing horns. Mm-hmm. I never que asustado. Yeah, and I thought, man, I wish one day I I get to play with a band like that because these guys were phenomenal. And and to this day, I I never forgot that that's. They were playing Las Nubes, Eek. I mean, it was, I mean, I've never heard any of his other bands sound like that, to yeah. be honest. I mean, they were one of a kind, of lifetime band. I mean, that's, uh,
0: yeah, once in a lifetime. And then, <coughs> crazy, but that band became Tortilla Factory.
1: Uh, Dale, that's you know, right.
0: Uh, uh, Con Ham Guerrero. Yeah, Con Ham, because Ham was uh, <coughs> with Joe at the time. Right, right. And uh, <coughs> they all left, and uh, evidently, evidently they had some falling out. And uh, that's when Tortilla Factory started. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And that was good for us because we got to travel. Well, we traveled with Joe. Uh, we toured quite a bit with Joe and the Latin breed. But then when Tortilla came on the scene, then we started traveling, touring with them. And a lot in West Texas. They seemed to have a real good. Uh,
0: they were from San Angelo, most of them. C- See, <laughs> Yeah.
1: So it seemed like by uh, West Texas they were they had some really strong uh, following venue and following. Mm-hmm. So we traveled with them quite a bit, and then uh, <coughs> my biggest thing with the Latin Breed was I got to not only was the band uh, very serious about their music. Is to one of the things that that I learned early on is none of these guys were listening to the music. Every one of them was listening to jazz. They were listening to you know, everybody you can imagine. Traban, they all always had uh, these little cassettes with headphones and stuff. And Nunca Tan paying attention to Tejano. Right. They were always listening to jazz. And so whenever we would rehearse, I, I think that that was a growing. That was what was good for me because I, I started experiencing Una Onda Nueva that when they would arrange music, that was the stronghold for them. They wanted to at the at the best it could be as far as the arrangement was mm-hmm. concerned yeah and for me being a young player it so it taught me the the discipline of knowing what what the rhythm players are playing what the horns are playing and, you know and and it, it taught me a lot it's, it was like a, a school for me mm-hmm. okay these guys uh, were really ahead of their game as far as music. If you go, if you look back at some of the arrangements the Ledbury did in the, in the early '70s, they were kind of a little bit of, a little bit ahead of the game, mm-hmm. ahead of their time, and that that was a, a great, I mean the best time I could have ever had. And, okay. and you so, you know
0: people think that uh, you know the music comes up just <clears throat> no right off the top of your head and you go in and record it and then you put on a record and then you go out and play it at a gig.
1: Nope, doesn't work like
0: that. Yeah, and uh, I, I've heard stories about the the breed. You know, you guys in, uh, in the studio with Manny Guerra, and uh, you know he uh, that Manny produced many good many many gr- good groups. You know, oh yeah, perfectionist Manny.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that's a good word because look at pasado nosotros. He'd give us a song, and it would be uh, somebody playing a guitar and, and and singing. It wasn't no arrangement. No, la like that he said, Well you guys take this home and see what you can do with it. So we would go and rehearse at Charlie's house or Gibby's house and we'd be there for hours working on the song. And, and then we'd we'd come up with an arrangement and then we'd take it to Manny and he said, Well, no, go back, try something else. <laughs> no, that's not gonna work. He said, Let's 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 go in this other direction. So Again, another learning curve for me because uh, I, uh, I was, I was, I, I mean, I got many. Many was unique in that he had an ear for everything. He had an ear for conjunto music, he had an ear for orchestras, I think even uh, Street People was one of their early bands in there. Yeah. And, and The
0: Revolution, because we had been in there. Oh, well, también, Ruben. We yeah, we were recording there.
1: So, but many had that ear for you know a, a vision that's what i call it yeah But well, he could hear something and and, and kind of see into the future how it would work but you me acuerdo i never forgot when he got in uh david farias in there and man i mean those guys they created some very big hits mm-hmm. i mean he mm-hmm. couldn't and and, and, it, and it worked for us también you know when we were there he he gave us a lot of good ideas. And that was with La Tropa
0: F, right? See, si, man. Mm, when
1: yeah. I, I was real impressed with some of the stuff they were doing for a conjunto, early mm. conjunto style, and they were changing la onda. Pero no, it's, uh, I've been very fortunate that it's always been a learning curve. Uh, and then uh, eventually when I, when I decided to leave the Latin breed, porque we started out with Jimmy Edwards. And, and we had some great years with Jimmy. Lo este, he wanted to venture out on his own. And so Gibby uh, Escobedo uh, went to uh, uh, Tucson. He were to Alberto Gallegos, because we had, we had uh, kind of run into Albert quite a bit with the USA band in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And so he had gone back to Tucson, so Gibby went up there and see, we tried to convince him to, to join us. And eventually he did, and we went back in the studios. And it was interesting because we had a lot of music already recorded with Jimmy, and and we had to redo it because Adalberto uh, key. Had, had a different range, and so teníamos que cambiar la música. And some of it worked real well, and some of it, of course, we had to go in another direction, pero las canciones como Que Chulos Ojos, El Tejano Enamorado. We already had them in the can, and, and uh, some of them Manny gave them to uh, to Jimmy, and some of them we kept. And so uh, it's like the story uh, with memories. The Lanbury recorded memories when we were all together, mm-hmm. but as soon as Jimmy decided to go on his own, uh, uh Manny decided well, let's, uh, he kind of gave that to Jimmy and that really helped him his career take right. off. Mm-hmm. And, but actually it was us that recorded all uh, all of Julian and Steve, all those guys. But you know it was it was good for him and good for us because uh, we we started going in a different direction called Alberto. Uh, Alberto had a range that, that you don't hear in a lot of singers.
0: Well, he's gonna be doing. He's gonna be doing another recording over here. we'll oh, see. Yeah, este, here pretty soon. I, maybe I let the cat out of the bag, but he's gonna
1: musically or or yeah, Oh, yeah, Okay. Yeah,
0: no, Rick. Rick's gonna do something with him and great. So este pero no. It's um Alex. On your career on the road, did you guys have a lot of fun. Was it? Uh, well,
1: <laughs> yeah. Everybody thinks it's a glorious life. <laughs> but it's not it's the, one of the things that uh, that you learn is you know when you're out on the road for six weeks, eight weeks, you know the rest of the band it you're a family, you know we, yeah and like all families you have ups and downs and you know you get along one day and the next day you're not getting along and but in the long run it all works out because you know it has to be a, a family and it, it has to be a group. But eh, no, I mean we're like any other band. We we had our ups and downs. The, one day, you know, I couldn't stand one guy, and the next day he couldn't stand me. But <laughs> <laughs> así it no pasaba and you know, and then you you, you break down on the road. You got you know you stay out there for three or four hours till somebody comes get you. And no, I mean it's it. it <laughs> it's not the glorious <laughs> life everybody thinks it is. Something you know?
0: that you can look back
1: and laugh at now. No hombre, you know? it's it's. A, I, I wouldn't want to do it now. I mean, <laughs> porque I mean it's 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 hard. It's really hard, and it's a it's a rough life. And it's good mm-hmm. when you're young. Yeah. When when you're young and you're hungry, I, I know I was, and I, I enjoyed it, and I it, it, it didn't seem like work to me. Mm-hmm. It it seemed like it was fun. It was fun work. <laughs> Andale. But no, este, it, we're just, we were just like any other band, the batallabano, so some weeks would be great, you know, some weeks, you know. I remember I remember one time you told me the story that you came back and your wife asked you how much you had made. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it, let, it, let,
0: let, let, me, let me go into that. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I never was, forgot that story. I just gotten out of the military, and Ruben Ramos uh okay uh gave me a call and he says hey we're gonna go we're gonna go on tour and uh you want to go and I said yeah I'll go and uh my wife said I, I thought you were gonna quit because <laughs> I just <laughs> I just come back from Vietnam man and you know and I, and I said well I don't have a job yet so we went on tour we were gone two weeks we went up to Michigan and stay. Uh, Des Plaines, Illinois, I think, yeah, and then uh, we went to uh, Kansas City, Mo, and Kansas City, Kansas, <laughs> Casey, Moe, and Casey Kan, you know, right across the river, and then from there, we went uh, to Colorado, came back down through Amarillo, uh, played in Lubbock, and then we played in uh, Abilene, and we came home, and when I got home, you know, the kids were glad to see me and everything, and my wife says, how'd it go? And I said, oh, well, okay. I went okay. how much did he make, Leo? I owe $10. <laughs> and she said, no, no, really, how much did he make? And I said, I owe $10. We were staying in nice places, though. Yeah. <laughs> and we went on commission.
1: <laughs> yeah, and when, that sort of reminded me one day when you told me that story, because I, I, I was the same way. And and speaking of Reuben, that, that was, when I left Aladdinbury, that's that's what I did. I came to Austin, because Reuben offered me a job, and, uh, uh, so I played with Ruben for about six years. And then right after that, that's when Street People got started. And then uh, uh, you and Joe and everybody, uh, what, you wanted a horn, just one horn. Yeah. So you guys called me and wanted to know if I'd be interested. And I said, sure. And so at that time, Street People was really taking off mm-hmm. because you had all these talented musicians, not, not me, oh, yeah. but the yeah. Joe and... David and everybody, and uh, mm-hmm. the band was really taking off. You had great music, great vocals. I mean, everybody yeah. sang, and, man, I, I was really impressed with the with the music mm-hmm. and, the, and the vocals because, for me, it was like a new one because it wasn't about the horns anymore. Now it's the presentation of, and the vocals. And uh, I joined three people, and we played. I mean, I think I played for... I don't remember how many years but then <clears throat> towards the end um
0: recorded you recorded an album with us too. Yeah, we did we
1: did a well we did a couple of LPs cuz mm-hmm. I think we one one came out and then we had some other stuff that had already was in the can. In the can, yeah. And and then the other thing that that surprised the hell out of me was one time you called me and you said hey uh do you want to do some studio work and I said sure. Uh, and he said, okay, uh, can you come, I'm come in a studio over there on Lamar, North Lamar, oh, in, right?
0: What, well, Third Coast?
1: Yeah, Third Coast yeah. yeah, I remember you called me my and you said, Coast. hey, can you come and do a couple of parts? I said, sure. Anyway, so I get there and I, I find out that you were doing this music track for uh, Robert Blake, mm-hmm, the, uh, movie. the movie the movie, star. And they were doing a soundtrack for 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 his
0: oh no that we did that over at um uh, on on on, South, on North Lamar it was Lamar yeah but no it is the guys who did uh, Captain and Tennille the muscat muskrat rat Muscat love or something
1: so anyway I go in there and and the guy says okay he he, sh- he shows me says well Robert Blake's coming up to a stop sign in a in a Ford Mustang convertible and we want the music that's on the radio. I want you to record. The, well, they already had the rhythm and all. They said, "All I want you to do is play a little solo, on top of the track," mm-hmm. and and he's gonna come up to this stop sign, and w- and the music has to be original. So, anyway, so I get up my horn. And I never forgot this because it t- took me a total of 15 minutes from the time I took out my horn, got in the studio, and then and then they wrote me a check, like for. I don't know, three hundred and something <laughs> dollars for it was a uh, scale you said. Yeah, scale. <laughs> and and I never forgot that. I said, well, do I deserve this or not? Because <laughs> n- it took about fifteen minutes to do everything, and pay, but you said no, that's that's what they pay in movies, mm-hmm. in the scale for union. So I never forgot that because uh, uh, I, I and I and I I never saw the movie. I mean, I looked for it, but nunca la. I never saw it either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it ever was released or not, but uh, it was Robert Blake showing up at a stop sign. It's weird, yeah. <laughs> but I enjoyed that because uh, I got to take a little taste of the music and I mean the
0: yeah the industry the different different things different that, things uh, mm-hmm. for
1: movies. But uh, no, that was fun because it was all part of Street People when we were together. Anyway, so then eventually after Street People, I had to. I decided I was going to go back. I had a degree in in business, so my wife said, well, why don't you just go back to work? (laughs) And I said, what? What? (laughs) (laughs) Me? Work. (laughs) Yeah, and and so at that time, we were still playing. So I decided to get a part-time job, and and luckily I found a job where I could work Monday through Thursday, part-time. And uh, and the, the guy agreed. You know, to hire me that way, and so I was able to play on Friday, Saturday, and Sundays, and they worked out real well for a while. So uh, that's how that's how uh, the street people thing evolved, mm-hmm. and so and and now that you mentioned street people, I w- <coughs> I'm glad you asked me that because right now uh, we finished the uh, the brand new CD, Cama Mas Caliente, of course, and one of the things that's happening is it's getting uh, uh, some really really good uh feedback from promoters from just the pl- public in general a la gente le gusta because it's uh, a real danceable uh, cd it's peppy uh, and i'm real proud of this cd and i've recorded quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of music my, in my lifetime, but ahorita I'm really proud of this one because I finally got to work with a producer that allowed me to try different things. Uh, and I did 90% of the horns in this particular uh, mm-hmm. CD. And I'm real proud of it because uh, I, I got to work, uh, as you well know, with uh, Rick Fuentes. And Rick Fuentes is uh, not only is he a phenomenal musician, but he's also a phenomenal producer. And a ranger. And a ranger. He's already had several Grammys with uh, Ruben Ramos, and and he's working with other people now. So I was very fortunate that when I went in there, he and I just kind of hit it off from day one. And, uh, and, it, and it allowed us to be real creative. You know, we would try some things that yeah. sometimes that didn't quite fit the way we wanted them. So... We take them out and start over with something else. And man, I really I can't stress enough how how much how enjoyable that is to work with that kind of a producer. Because you you can actually be creative. You can actually. Sure, give your ideas and, and be involved. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's really important. Because I've recorded, man, with Alain Riley, we recorded lots of music. Uh, with Ruben, we record. I think I did two LPs with Ruben and then two with uh, three people. But this is the first time that I've been allowed to express my ideas and my, you know, my thoughts. <laughs> and and it's, it's been very rewarding, porque ya, que, ya lo acabamos, and people here... It t- it.
0: And it took two years to, to do that project. <laughs>
1: yeah, it took a little longer, pero era because... During the COVID también, yeah. It, yeah, we were involved in some, really hard, you know, tough times with the covid and for a while we were wearing a mask, even in the studio. You to be careful. You know, it was some difficult times.
0: It was hard eating, but
1: Me tenía que a straw. no, it, it, you know, I'm, I'm very, very uh, proud of having worked with uh, Rick and with you, of course. And uh, I hope that, uh, well, in the future, uh, I, I think we're going to be able to produce something as great or even better because of the way uh the way Rick lays out the the format of how mm-hmm. what we're going to do and yeah. how we're going to do it. And again, uh Rick's such a phenomenal uh musician. <laughs> now we're uh, uh, we were talking about the, the c- uh, three people, CD. Uh, the new CD and uh, you were talking about getting feedback from uh, our instrumental. Yeah. Because you came to me and you said, "Well, <coughs> do you have any ideas for an instrument?" I said, "Well, I got a couple." I said, "But uh, they're from scratch. I mean, we haven't, we've never played them before." So, uh, and you said, "Well, let's." You told me, "Well, let's just try it. I mean, let's let's just take it to the studio and let's see what we can do with them." So anyway, so uh, I went to Rick. We went to Rick, and uh, I said, "Look, I'd, I'd like to." see if we can come up with uh, La Cuarenta y Cinco. I said, I mean, it's a standard song. Everybody in the world played it, but usually it's a vocal. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to try an instrumental and and then do different instrumentations throughout the song. So we did. We did it. And uh, Rick uh, right away said, well, do you have an intro? I said, yeah, I got an idea. So we started working on that right away and, and put that together and then and then from there, it just kind of took off. I mean, we we had an idea, or my idea was I wanted the big band f- sound first, the four horns, and then we invited Joey Pettis out of San Antonio to come in and do tenor sax, and we and and we wanted him to do also a flute on on one of the middle sections mm-hmm. of the song. So Joey came in and did did uh, all the tenor parts, and then we did the flute. And then, and then after the flute, we decided we wanted to do a conjunto, uh, conjunto style feel, a feel. feel andale. Mm-hmm. So we did this little section with the just the accordion and the also, and the bajo cesto. and I, and and it came out exactly as we envisioned. envisioned or wanted it to to come out. Just old school conjunto style. and And just a piece of it you know yeah and then we walk into the bridge after that and come back to the big horns and it worked out really really nice and what i like about it leonard is that we've gotten a lot of feedback and uh not only from musicians but from friends and uh, people that are they just listen to music they're not yeah you know they're not authorized uh I guess they're authorized as nurse. Anyways, pero este, we've had a lot of positive feedback. Uh, I'm really, really happy the way it came out, and uh, it's it's a good song for a lot of a lot of reasons. People can use it for uh, like here. I guess you could use it on your podcast and and I've been
0: I've been told by by one of the uh, people on in, on internet radio that he's going to use it for uh, his his intro. He was using one of our tunes that we recorded way back with Sonny Trujillo on the accordion, Este Italia. Oh yeah. Yeah, and he's he had been using that one, and he I went to visit with him in Corpus, and he says uh, I'm gonna start using this one. So, a ver.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it's a good a good song for that, uh, even for promotions, for background for
0: dance. It's good to dance, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for it's, dances
1: uh, or whatever. Very commercial. <clears throat> Pero it's it was just. Uh, kind of like a, a thought of my Latin breed years, I guess, Of you know, with the, f- the big band, Four Horns.
0: Good, I wish I was back traveling.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, no, I'm real proud of this particular song because uh, uh, Rick was able to to hear uh, my ideas and we were able to make it put together, you know, yeah. be able to put it together and make it sound what we were hearing the other good thing that como te digo, uh, and I can't say enough about Rick he's uh he's got a unique ear for not only for the rhythm when you're recording but for horns in general accordion because Taiko on a computer working on his computer and then he hears something and he said wait wait let's try it did you hear that and I said what <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. He said, "No, listen, listen to this." And so he hears little things, that make a big difference. Yeah, and and I I really enjoyed that. I mean, it it, it, it works so well on on the whole project, mm-hmm. the whole project, not just like uh, what uh, it's let,
0: let me ask you something, Esteb. Um, when in your younger days, was your family involved with you? Uh, you know, how many kids you got?
1: I have I have two daughters and a son. And a son. And from the very beginning, uh, my whole family, my dad, my mom, my kids, my uh, my wife, they were all very supportive because, uh, again, I was very fortunate that in the early years, I was at the right place at the right mm-hmm. time. Yeah. And so there was a time, and I joke about this, that there was a time when I was making more money than my dad. You know that's how good the industry was doing back in the 70s and 60s huh? <laughs> and, and 60s you're right and so uh, that that's where my family came in because they were always very supportive of the music the recordings and of course they were always there at the dances and and uh, <clears throat> and, and so my kids of course now we have grandkids right and seemed like all my grandkids are all trumpet players for some reason. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't want to play that. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to
1: play sax. Well, only one of them was thought about doing it, but uh, they all—all all three of them—went back to trumpet. to trumpet players, and they turned out to be great trumpet players. I have my oldest grandson was the uh, drum major at Churchill High School there in San Antonio, and that's a big, big mm-hmm. school. He was—I uh, mean—he was so good at what he did. He was actually the Drum major, drum so major, <laughs> and so my other two grandsons uh, have done just as well, and it's been interesting for me because a lot of times uh, I remember the first time when I le llevé un chart de las mañanitas, and uh, my my second youngest uh, grandson he says, Grandpa, that's not the way it's written. <laughs> <laughs> I say, oh, pues, yeah, said no, pero en tejano. We, we tend to, to slang a little more of the notes and we tend to bend here and there. And, and that's what's unique about the haunted music. But <laughs> the interesting thing was, that I never forgot is, they're, they're school educated and they read fantastic. I uh-huh. mean, they're showing me how to read. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so that's it's true. been real rewarding for me to see my grandkids uh, that are in, involved in music I mean, I hope they don't stay in music because they, they, all of them have a different career path. Mm-hmm. they all seem to have a, a, good head on their shoulders, and they. Well, I know
0: a doctor, a surgeon, that he's a, he plays guitar and he's out there at these little clubs, man, playing, you know. And uh, that's a good thing about about music. music, man. You can do it till you're hundred years old if you can still lift the horn or whatever, you know.
1: But my grandkids look at like I said, I'm real proud of the fact that they, uh, they love music. But they have bigger goals. You know, they want to get a yeah. degree. And uh, um, media is really important right now. Like, all the medias are important. Yeah. And one of my grandsons is pursuing that. Then I have another one that's in business. And so they got all, they all have really good heads on their shoulders. Mm. And they they, they want to get the education, which is really, really, I'm really proud you of know, that.
0: You know, um, I'm going to tell you something. I, um, <clears throat> In my travels you know you see different parts of the country and and it was always like god i wish i could bring the f- kids out here and, right you know places that we that we wished we could see and uh with the family and uh, as much <coughs> as we were gone and uh are there places like that that you uh, i mean i fell in love i fell in love with seattle and and oregon oh, right, and and, right. and those in con- those states up there <laughs> yeah
1: yeah for me i guess my uh best opportunity was with the drifters Mm. with the drifters we got to travel all over canada not not only the united states but of course we went to new york atlanta miami pero in canada it, it's interesting that's where i learned different cultures go because in canada some places they speak french mm-hmm. some places they speak english and then there's another i don't know what the other dialect was but uh it was interesting because we would go to a restaurant y un menu in French, or a, a menu in English, and and in the countryside in Canada, man, it's I mean, they have such uh. There's it's still territorial where there's pep- there's no people haven't ventured out, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, yeah, and it's puro mo- uh, just beautiful country, man. Las montañas, the tall. Pines or whatever.
0: These these are just hills that we have here. Comparison oh, to yeah, the, no, <laughs> those <it's>, mountains.
1: <laughs> no comparison. pero, no, like I said, my biggest uh, memory and adventure was with the drifters because they traveled not only in United States, but in in uh, like in Canada. That was really really interesting for me because we stayed at some real real unique hotels. And, and, and
0: you you got some of your friends with the drifters, right?
1: Yeah, uh, after I've been out about a year, it's the the Drifters decided they wanted more horns, because at first it was just myself and and the uh, tru- the guitar player played trumpet, so together we would do horn parts. Well, after about a year, the Bill Pigney, who was the owner of the drifters. Uh, drifters, he said he'd like to get three horns, and so. I called Rene Garcia. I don't know if you remember him. <laughs> How can you forget him? <laughs> who
0: can forget, forget Rene? <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be on. He'll be on. Well,
1: anyway, so I called Rene. He will hey, Rene, uh, do you think you'd like to be on the road for a while? He said, doing what? He said, well, the drifters want to get a horn section, and, you know, we'd, I'd like for you to come up. I said, who, who do you think we could use a trumpet? He said, well, George Espinosa. Mm-hmm. And George Espinosa and I were neighbors all growing up. Uh, we played with George with the
0: Mexican <laughs> Revolution. See, yeah. uh-huh.
1: anyway, when I was growing up, he was my neighbor. He lived one house over, and uh, Renee's the one and said, "Well, let's let's ask George because he's he uh, not married. <laughs> he, he, he just got out of school, blah blah blah." And so, anyway, so I I, I said, "Okay, well, let me let me uh, let me talk to Bill, and then we'll see how we can get you up here." So we got him uh, a flight to Miami. Y e, e, e Renee dijo que nunca se había olvidó because me mandaron a mí to go pick him up because nobody else knew who they were, right? Mm-hmm. So Bill Pickney me dio, he, he had a red Cadillac convertible, okay. beautiful red Cadillac. So he could go, go pick him up. So me dio las, las keys to his Cadillac, and I went to the airport, and I never forgot Renee and, and, jo- and George said they get off. They come in from the terminal And they see me in this red convertible Cadillac. Their eyes were so big. (laughs) Wow. Wow. (laughs) You mean? No, No, I don't mean. (laughs) Yeah. So, anyway, este, Nunca se lo I always saw Renee, And, uh, and anyway, so we, we. It was a top down. Yeah, and it was, (laughs) and it was a beautiful day (laughs) ese (laughs) día cuando la voy a levantar. Anyway, so, uh. We uh we 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 went back to the hotel and we started rehearsing and uh man we had a really good little horn section for for the, for the kind of music that mm-hmm. they were doing they were doing yeah And the good thing about the Drifters we never had to do uh, a dance set no 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 must we just did shows everything was union Mhm Llegados al hotel y and they they tell you okay you be at the green room at such and such time and bring this colored tuxedo, whatever, and and it was a, a really really professional gig. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. these guys were at the top of their game when when we were there. Right. And so the thing about that was the travels. to the, we we did Vegas, we did New York, Chicago, and never always hotels. Mm. I don't know why. No or, motel sixes. No like hombre. <laughs> These guys did nothing but five-star hotels, and and uh, and it was really different for me. I mean, here I am, kid from the west side. Yeah,
0: you know, the, and 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 that's it, man. You know, uh, kids from the barrio. Yeah, getting, getting up there. I mean, uh, look at Cleto. you Esc- Escovel, yeah. G- Gibby's brothers. You know, and right. nephew. I mean, they're they're uh, the st- the what is it? The house band for for Jimmy Kimmel. Right. You know, so I mean, it, it's a uh, you, you can you can do good in this in this industry, but you got to be good. See? You got to go to the woodshed and practice, yeah, practice, practice, practice.
1: Yeah, and I, I think one other thing that i that I've learned over the years: the more education you have, the better. And then and then balancing, you know, it's great to read music. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong; it's you have to be educated to be able to do that. Get you an education. But, like in our industry, you have to be able to converse those charts into having a feel. Yeah. And muchos músicos don't understand that. You have to be able to... They just read. Yeah. You got to be able to bend the note here, play a little softer here, a little louder here. And that's what's good about our industry, about Rotejano music, is that we created it. It's our... It's our culture, and we've been lucky that we've had a lot of guys ahead of us. Mm-hmm. And what I mean, you have guys like Isidro Lopez. You have all these uh, Roy Montelongo. There's a lot of guys that came before us that paved the way for us. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm real fortunate that that I followed their path because they did a lot for us, man. Mm-hmm. They they The music, they brought it. Yeah. They brought it from from La Onda. Yes, their style.
0: That's it, that's it. Their style of music.
1: And and they they brought they made the path for us and and so we've been fortunate. And y mucha gente dice, you know, and, and I kind of feel a little resentful. They mucha gente, yeah, but the music's already died. Yeah, yeah, se acabó. I said no, I don't I don't believe that because the same musicians that you consider to or the same ones that are on Jimmy Kimmel's or mm. they're in Vegas right now other you know with other groups I mean like look at Jerry Lopez I mean yeah. that guy has one of the Best. biggest <laughs> talented Band. musicians in the world and he's from Albuquerque you know mean New, New Mexico and mm-hmm. and very humble I mean the guy you know he'll talk to anybody Yeah but uh, that's that's our industry I mean there's so much talent and and it, it kinda of bothers me a little bit when people do say, Well, you have tacabando I said, No, no, está acabando. It's evolving. Yeah. It's evolving and uh, that's what I enjoy doing, being part of that.
0: But you know, but but, but our, our music has been accepted by by different uh, audiences. Sí. You know, este, I mean, you know, were you with us when we uh, opened for Tierra?
1: Uh I no, don't. No, no, no,
0: How about when we went to open for, uh, was Jose Feliciano?
1: No, no, that was before me. No, before James me. Brown, the man. See, yeah. I came in a little bit after that. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, uh, thing is, is the people that are looking for great talent, they shop around in our neighborhoods, you know. See. And they, uh, you know. Well, I mean? that's
1: true, because I remember when I came in, you had just done a video with Willie Nelson. Mm-hmm. The redheaded stranger town and punch, you, guys were lefty, <laughs> yeah, well, you guys were at a bar yeah <laughs> drinking and and uh, i never forgot that because uh there weren't a lot of other uh musicians or bands doing that but you seem to kind of have your foot at the right place at the right time and yeah. you know you invited a lot of other people in those videos and so that was an experience and so there's a lot of that going on but a lot of times we don't take advantage of it, you know, as musicians. Uh, and, and so that's where we really need to continue pushing mm-hmm. is getting our foot. Don't be afraid yeah. to go in there. It's like my dad. My, when I was growing up, my dad may me see, yeah, if you don't ever be ashamed of going into anywhere to eat, me see, if you have the money and you can afford to go there, and I mean, you don't ever be ashamed of anything. I
0: used to call me sinvergüenza.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but my my dad always he felt like you, you can walk anywhere. Yeah, you as a is a is at the You you your place is everywhere. You can yeah. go in anywhere. That's right. And, and, uh, he siempre me decía todo eso, and he gave me really good advice. You know, another thing my dad gave me. Going back to my family, is that uh, he w- he wanted me to listen to uh, F- Josefro Jimenez, uh, Javier Solis, and and it was so true. Be- and I wasn't paying attention because the jesters were doing English, good yes. English music. Mm-hmm. So at that time, it didn't resonate with me. It wasn't until later on, when I was talking Reed and Ruben, that all of a sudden that music, I mean, it opened up. Mm-hmm. Pero my dad kept saying, "No, no, you gotta listen to Josefro Jimenez. You gotta Javier Solís." Yeah. And it's interesting because I heard a, an artist from Spain the other day, that Seba Bravio, and he took a lot of Javier Solís' songs and he kind of did them like in a jazz, uh, Latin jazz. Mm-hmm. Man, I mean, I, I was, I mean, i um, I recorded that. I have it on my CDs. I have it on my iPod, whatever.
0: hmm It's starting to rain. Starting to rain.
1: Good. Anyway, but guys, look at the U.S., mm-hmm. the opportunity for us is everywhere. Yeah,
0: everywhere. Now, let me ask you something. Uh, how does your future look? What do you What are you plan on doing?
1: Well, but, but for right now, uh, with with some of my health issues, I, I really enjoy doing what I'm doing, you know, recording uh, or being part of different projects. And uh, a show here and there. And then a show, a live, the live shows, you know, that's always uh, rewarding as well because uh, you and I have done a couple of shows where we have the big band, Four Horns and Four Rhythm. Mm-hmm. And then we've done some other shows where, where we have put a smaller group yeah. together. And when you do it just when you play with the smaller groups every i mean every little instrument and every little part is has so much <laughs> uh, has to be there it's, and it's so much more important mm-hmm. and and having the ear for that is to me is very rewarding porque mm-hmm. you know, what, I mean you always have to pay attention yeah. but uh, the smaller the group, the more concentration you have to have porque right. Every Everybody's part is important. But that's what I enjoy right now, the recordings and the live shows, you know. Like we did a live show during the summer, uh, and we only went with, I think, initially it was two horns. But we had some friends that wanted to play, and they wind up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come like, on. Come on in. <laughs> yeah, come on in. But that was rewarding because, uh, you know, we were already rehearsed to do it with two horns. But then we had some more people come in and mm-hmm. they all fit in like a glove. You know, yeah. it was a great show. And and that, that's, what's enjoyable. Having your friends, come mm-hmm. in, come in.
0: And I, I must say that <clears throat> uh, Alex is a member of a uh, street people and, uh, he's played with us back in the seventies también for a, a couple of years. And as I'm sure he, he mentioned, but, uh, no, Alex has been around. We've been friends for, for a long, long time. And, um, Alex, I want to thank you for coming out and, and, uh, you know, letting us know about you, letting everybody know something about you. And uh, we'll be back. We'll have you back. I talked to Leroy the other day. You guys are going to come and do a a piano sax uh, tune over there. So he said you guys are going to get together because uh, what's coming up is we're going to start doing video uh, with uh, the podcast. Great. And we have people like Lil Joe, Ruben Ramos, and, um, Patsy Torres and stuff, uh, that great. We're going to be doing something with them.
1: No, no, I really want to thank you for inviting me. Uh, it's the, this is something unique and new for for our industry, but I think it's something that's needed, and I'm glad you've got the vision to at least get it started.
0: Alex, thank you for coming out, brother. All right, thank you.